0: Hello and welcome to You, Me and the Economy, a place for news views and all that is happening in the arena of finance and economy, curated by the Center for Financial Accountability. Hello, this episode of You, Me and the Economy is part three of the series produced in collaboration with the Rosa Luxemburg Foundation. In this episode, you'll be listening to Dr. Daniela Pratis, who is a Senior Economic Affairs Officer at the United Nations Conference for Trade and Development, Daniela will be talking about the role of multilateral development banks in the current global financial architecture, while delving into her findings on the pattern of MDB lending during the pandemic and the ways of scaling it up. I organized my, my talk in, in three main parts. The first one is uh, the role of the multilateral development banks in the current uh, global financial architecture. Uh, after also present some um, findings about the uh, lending uh, the, of MEDBs during the, the COVID pandemic. And uh, after that, maybe it's the most important for us to discuss the how to scale up MDBs uh, lending. Uh, then as Sonanda um, uh, uh, stressed, uh, the um, global financial architecture, the current global financial architecture is uh, based on the US dollar. Right. The US dollar is the international currency, and this means that this system is hierarchical and asymmetrical. And then the global financial architecture uh, is also asymmetrical. Then besides the global um, Bretton Woods institutions, the private financial institutions dominate the system. And mainly U.S. financial institutions and developed countries' financial institutions. And developing countries uh, depends on these, uh, these institutions that are profit-seeking institutions that behave in a pro-cyclical manner. Uh, to finance their current accounts deficits, their imports, that the, all the payments that they need to, to send to multinational corporations and uh, creditors, um, it, all the, the external finance. Then these countries are vulnerable and subject to a volatile capital flows, That are speculative, that uh, behavior in a um, boom boom burst, through boom burst cycles. Then uh, it's clear that uh, uh, in this uh, system, multilateral development banks have a crucial role. And the one point that I would like to make is that due to many factors that I will address it um, later they are not fulfilling uh, this role as uh, that I think we we think they, they should and what is the specific Crucial specificity of develop, multilateral development banks. Uh, that is the same uh, that national development banks has. These banks, they are not profit-seeking institutions. Sure, they need to be profitable, but the uh, uh, profit is not the main uh, role of these institutions. They have a public uh, policy mandate. They. Provide development finance for developing countries. The what we also call the patient capital that developing countries need, uh, not only to recover from the COVID, but as uh, uh, was already, already raised, that to achieve the sustainable development goals, a greener, and uh, sustainable uh, development. And then uh, the uh, I I. I think it's useful to differentiate two crucial roles then of multilateral development banks in this architecture. One is the counter-cyclical. Then, as in the global financial crisis uh, and the now, they behave on a counter Then is exactly when we have a recession, a down uh, downward trend that they need to scale up finance. So this is fundamental. But the structural role that uh, is also crucial to this uh, building back better. Why why I'm emphasizing that? Because many. like from the mainstream point of view, and even the, the World Bank has uh, papers on that, emphasize only the counter-cyclical role, like that they need to to have market failures and they need them to to cover this, right? to fix this. And from my point of view, it's not market failures. It's how financial markets behave in a, the, the regulated environment. And then this structural role is uh, provide finance to sectors that are not profitable for private banks as infrastructure, technology, small and major enterprise, also how, poor household agriculture. Then this is fundamental. What happened during the COVID crisis? So uh, one um, uh, number I also um I don't. I, I think I d- we don't have time. Would like also to talk about more, the insufficiency of the international initiatives, as the DSSA common framework. But I focus on the MDBs. Uh, if we compare uh, the global financial crisis uh, and the COVID, uh, we have uh, an increase in the first year of the um, global financial crisis of. Forty-six percent of loans and in the first years of the COVID twenty-five uh, uh, increase, and in the case of the the COVID uh, crisis, what what um, uh, happened? Many uh, uh, landings that were already approved were uh, were re- redirected to the COVID. Uh, needs so health the system va- vaccines etc. So was not really a new landing. Huh? Why was a re- redirection huh? of who, who, what uh, had already been approved? Huh? So only uh, to and, uh, in a, a context of a crisis that uh, a bigger, uh, huger, uh, greater impa- impacts on developing countries compared to the global financial crisis. Uh, and as the IMF has just launched the World Economic Outlook, the divergence is really uh, very big and is increasing. Uh, for Latin America, for coincidence, I just finished, uh, like I study a, a short paper for a book with a colleague of the Inter-American Inter- Development Bank, focused on the three major multilateral development banks in Latin America. So the, the World Bank, the inter america Development Bank, and uh, uh, the, the third one, always I, I for, forgot forgot the uh, the the CAF, uh, and in the case of Latin America, say, comparing to the other regions, uh, Latin America. Uh, was the uh, region that uh, received the, uh, com- in compa- comparison terms, uh, a higher uh, amount of lending from MDBs? So, from this perspective, the region is well positioned. Huh? But and then we compare the disbursements uh, up to the last years and was uh, smaller than uh, in comparison to the global financial crisis, but not so, uh, the difference was not so big as in the case of uh, the other regions. But the point is that Latin America uh, was the region that was most affected by by the pandemic, that faces the huge, the greater uh, uh, recession. So we also have this uh, insufficiency of the lending. Uh, then how to scale up my last points. So uh, I think may, uh, you also have been following, there are many discussions on, on that. Uh, so I would like to point out some uh, proposals that I think that, that are, are really important. The first one that was an is, a study of uh, Chris uh, Humphrey, that point out that this lacked fire, uh, financial firepower of MDBs, could be scaled up even uh, in the cur- with the current methodology of credit rating agencies and uh, the current situation regarding capital adequacy. So there, there is a spare capacity. And what I think is astonishing is that MDBs adopted capital adequacy rules. More rigid than the credit rating agencies. Then, they, uh, according to the uh, calculations of Humphrey, uh, uh, if you, uh, we use the standard and methodology, that is the, the more major uh, uh, agency, uh, the MDBs will uh, they consider the um, uh, five major MDBs, so, World Bank. The African Development Bank, Asian Development Bank, um, the uh, Inter-American Development Bank, uh, will be able to scale up 750 billion of US dollars. It, it, what is needed that the they, multilateral development banks that need to adopt the methodology of standard impulse? because they adopt a, a, a methodology uh, more rigid than the standard impulse. And one, uh, the crucial difference is uh, if the consideration in the calculation of the capital adequacy of what is called callable capital. So it's like a guarantee that shareholders, like the country shareholders uh, give to the MDBs. So it uh, uh, so far, have, uh, the, this calibre ha- capital have never been has never been used for uh, uh, MDBs, but is a guarantee. And uh, the standard pools consider uh, the calibre capitals of countries with the same rating of the MDB, and uh, the MDB the MDBs uh, doesn't consider. So we have uh, so it consider the current international financial architecture because credit rating agents are one important uh, institution of this architecture and a reform of this architecture that we know that is needed, needed to involve the the discussion, the reform of of this role of credit rating agents. And the other other possibility, and uh, the uh, uh, BRICS, the New Development Bank is example, is to, uh, uh, fall in the, sc- in the credit rating scale uh, instead of an AAA rating, uh, that the, not all MDBs has. Sure, but the World Bank, the all these main uh, MDBs has. You could uh, lose one notch and and uh, uh, to AA plus. That is the ADB rating. Huh? And according to calculations of the NDB, the difference uh, in the interest rate that uh, uh, multilateral development bank will pay for band holders is really, really small. And this could then, is, and this, not mean that, this doesn't mean that they will uh, lose uh, permanently the, the AAA, but during a situation like the COVID crisis, I think it's totally justif- justified uh and in this in this scenario of uh, the risk the risk of loosening uh, the the then inc- the potential uh uh, uh uh increase is more than 1000 billion trillions uh, so 1 trillion trillions uh dollars uh and uh the the third uh, the third that has one uh, for uh, uh, related is the reallocation of SDRs. That now is really, the debate is really uh, hot. Huh? And in the case of the reallocation of the SDRs, one important point is that the SDRs are these reserve assets. Huh? Then one difficulty is exactly to preserve this feature of reserve assets. Uh, and. From the point of view of developing countries, SDRs are a, 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 a not that, are not debt, are not because they are an asset right, of developing countries, and they need to pay interest only if they sell the SDRs. Right? Then, uh, reallocating through developing banks, uh, they these SDR will become a debt of developing countries, but with a, a very uh, low interest rate and greater maturity, then I think that is uh, also uh, 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 a good option. But there are many technical challenges uh, to this reallocation uh, and uh, for the prescribed holders, because uh, some MDBs are prescribed holders of SDRs, what this means is that they could hold SDRs they could sell. They could buy a, a, a SDRs to to help uh, countries that are uh, uh, that needs dollars and other or other international currencies. And then, uh, in the case of these prescribed holders, is easier huh, than to the MDBs that are not prescribed holders. And one possibility is that these banks will own land the SDRs. Huh, then the countries that developed countries that are, uh, that don't use because they don't need because they have international currency. They don't need the SDRs. We own land, not right, to uh, developing countries. Other option is the, uh, use these SDRs to capitalise MDBs, huh? but also has technical challenges. Why? Because of this reserve asset. So you, you need to have a. A buffer like uh, the poverty and growth reduction fund has in the case of uh, the that the, they 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 uh, have that financial difficulties of the MDBs, and this could then uh, put uh, in in danger the reserve asset features. So there are many really technical challenges and details. But my point is. Then why developed countries that don't need uh, uh, reserves uh, and don't need the SDRs, they could only uh, substitute SDRs, uh, so they have SDRs, then they could use the international currencies that they have to capitalize MDBs. Because uh, this will not change the amount of international reserves. Then I think that uh, as in the global financial crisis, we have capitalization. And developed countries uh, have conditions to, to make that.